0: Welcome to the Corporate Caffeine Podcast. Today's episode is actually a recording from one of my recent live streams. I do these every Wednesday at 1230 Central on Facebook and on LinkedIn. I'd love for you to join me there. Just a warning though, these are a little weirder and a lot more personal. So I hope you enjoy and let's go ahead and dive right in. Hey, you guys, it's Dacia, and welcome to this week's edition of Corporate Caffeine. So happy to have you. Um, I am diving back into the topic of recession planning, but if you guys have ever watched, and if you haven't, this is good information to know about this show, is that there's always multiple levels going on here, and today, and actually this whole recession planning series is no different. I don't care if you're not worried about the recession. I don't care if you think it's hooey. I don't care if you're just not worried about it because you're gonna be just fine. The things that we're talking about are fundamentally critical to growing, scaling, succeeding, building resilience, building joy. And so sometimes it takes a provocation, something a little uncomfortable, to guide us back and maybe even invite us back to foundational truths and so that's what we're doing and so whether you're a leader whether you're a business owner whether you're a doer um you know, come on this journey with me. I would love to hear what you guys have to think and what you have to say. Um, We'd love to hear what you do and how you're applying principles and what your resiliency um, themes are and share them. Share them in the comments. Share them with other people. Um, So we are going to be talking about alignment today and I've got three different areas of alignment. But I am going to chase a little bit of a squirrel for just a second and provide an encouragement because of something that's really inspiring to me. Um, My calling in this world is to help people use their work to bless the world. And one of the ways, one of the things, one of the hints about me that led me to my calling is, is I just love people, even when they're maybe not worthy. Should I say that out loud? I think so, because love is not about people being perfect, and it's not about being happy with people. It's about a deep commitment to others, and I love seeing people's potential, even when they're not living up to it. It just excites me and gives me so much hope and courage to know how amazing people are. And this is something I talk about from stage frequently, that you are insanely, wildly, and importantly unique beyond any and all comprehension. I actually refer to it as spiritual fingerprints that no one else, not in the history of the world, not today and never in the future, will anyone else have the same set of spiritual fingerprints you do. And I could unpack that in my definition, but I wanted to share something with you from a really great book that an amazing female um, leader shared with me called Work Plus Love. And I want to read something to you about how insanely beautifully and boldly unique you are. So your brain is massively different from anyone else's. The idiosyncratic pattern of your brain is so complex and so minutely filigreed. It's so massively extensive that its uniqueness dwarfs anything you might have in common with anyone from your same gender, from your same race, or even your family you have 100 billion neurons, which is a lot, Those 100 billion neurons in your brain, but the true source of your individuality actually comes from the connections between those neurons because here's where the numbers get mind-blowing. Each neuron reaches out and makes at least a 1,000 connections with other neurons, which means that even after your brain has gone through a couple bouts of synaptic pruning during childhood, you will still wind up with, wait for it, one hundred trillion connections in your brain. One hundred trillion connections. Now, how big of a number is that? Since there are approximately 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy, and there are th- a thousand billions, a thousand billions in a, in one trillion, your brain has more connections within it than 5,000 Milky Ways. This is the true extent of your individuality and your authenticity. You do not need to be compared to someone. You do not need to compare yourself to someone. You are uniquely and perfectly created and you are constantly creating. You're constantly evolving and you are constantly capable of bringing something no one else can. So you guys lean into what you have because what you already have is all of the resilience, all of the resources, and all of the power that you will ever need to have mind-blowingly joyful life. And that is what I want for you guys. So let's go ahead and use those 5,000 version 5000 milky way galaxies of connections that you've got in your brain and let's dive into this topic of alignment and what it has to do with resiliency so i promised three different categories in regards to alignment so if you're thinking about how to navigate troubling storms or just navigate your own life maybe you're like me and you cause your own troubled storms what should you be aligning with so If you're talking about the value you bring, so if you're a business owner or a salesperson or a leader, you know, you might be thinking your product or your service. If you are an employee or a doer or a volunteer or whatever, you are thinking, what is the value that I bring to people? So what kind of alignment should you be thinking about when you're talking about communicating what you bring to the table? Well, first in alignment is with the market, right? So when you're talking about aligning with the market, you might be facing a change in value proposition. So excuse the marketing and sales jargon here, but basically it's just what value do you propose to people? What what do you say that you bring to the table like that is important and valuable to them? So just your value statement, what you add to something, your additive impact, right? So there might be a change in value proposition. What does that mean? Value is defined by the customer, by the person that is listening, by the person that is receiving value. So guess what? It doesn't matter at all what you think about your value. Doesn't matter at all what you think about your capabilities. It only matters that the recipient of that value actually values the thing that you're putting forward. So in regards to alignment, you have to think, well, who does my audience value? What? better, better way to put it. What does my audience value and what is their value proposition? What is the thing that's driving their interest in me or their need for me in my company? There's a shift in value proposition. So you have to be aligned with the market. And here's the deal during times of pressure or possible pressure, because there's an argument about whether or not this recession is real yet or not. Um, and I don't mean economically economically, Definition-wise, real, I just mean in regards to the feeling of it, the impact that it might or might not be having on you. So change in value proposition and how the market is changing. So if you're aligning with the market, you got to think about how are they changing. Well, first of all, if there is financial impact, negative financial impact, there is going to be a shift towards things that are more affordable and affordability. Now, affordability, be careful of that definition. It does not just mean cheap. It means what am I getting for my money and how does that play out in the total context of my budget, every other financial and spending decision that I can have. So affordability, there's a shift in affordability and you've got to be aligned with where's the value there. The next one is prioritization. A lot of times when when we have pressures or change in the market, there is a shift in prioritization. Sometimes people go up the value chain meaning they're more more concerned about legacy and meaning and significance. And some people sometimes people need to go down because now they have to be concerned about stability that was there before and it is not now and how are they going to get by day to day? And so thinking about how is the what is the market prioritizing. Now, this might apply to what you're offering is. You might have a different offering that is kind of a secondary or tertiary offering, but because of the markets change around affordability and priority, maybe you need to be focusing on something else. And so your priorities need to follow their priorities. That's alignment. Also, when there's a lot of change, people become sometimes become more risk averse because um, when you don't have a lot of things to lose or when you're already losing, you don't want to lose more. And so is your market adjusting towards risk? You need to be communicating about that risk. You need to be thinking about that risk and, and thinking to yourself, how does my product, service or personal value align with the nervousness and the change in perspective around risk. And so making giving yourself permission to think through these things, to get outside of your own noggin and into the shoes of someone else and really mentally and emotionally walk in their shoes, project what they might be going and then ask yourself what's appropriate. How do I bring value, value that they define? How do I align our value with that? So it's really important. In a couple other different things around alignment. Changes in buying triggers, right? So why they chose you in the year 2021 or in the year 2019 could be very, very different than why they're going to choose you in the year 2023, right? And so understanding what's the trigger that's going to prompt them to be interested in you. Because guess what? As much as I love you and as much as I just told you that you have five, 1000 pieces of amazing uniqueness, 5000 Milky Way galaxies of amazing uniqueness in your brain. Guess what? It's not about you. It's how you use those connections to serve and love other people. And so you've got to be thinking about, okay, so what's happening with them? that is instigating their curiosity because unfortunately it's not because you're just magnetically amazing we are all focused on ourselves we are constantly thinking what's in it for me and how do i get what i want and how do i move forward in my life and blah 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 so you when you're serving other people need to be thinking like that advocating for them on their behalf and so be paying attention what is the change In buying trigger. And you have to identify what is that and how has it changed? Because if you can speak to that early and often, oh, you're going to win. You're going to win because you are specializing in your market and your competitors are not because this is not commonplace um, strategic talking that happens. It unfortunately doesn't happen as frequently as it should inside of our companies. So, additional alignment when we're talking about alignment with the market, sales and marketing alignment. So, If you as a leadership team or you as a leader or you as a doer are thinking about these things, have you opened that conversation to sales? Have you opened that conversation to marketing? And more importantly, have you opened the door between those two groups of people so that they can share their insights and have this conversation, these provocations to Together, because here's the interesting thing. Sales is reactive, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, they're literally reacting to live human beings that are in a decision making situation. So sales is being service oriented on a one to one basis. That is the role marketing, however, is proactive and predictive in regards to their service of the market. And so these are two very different paradigms in regards to how do you add empathy to your communication and your strategic planning. And you want both reactive and predictive points of view communicating because then you really get a very rich profile of people. So sales and marketing alignment. And then final thing that I'm gonna bring up in regards to alignment with the market is you should be focused on your current customer's loyalty. It is sexy and satisfying and exciting to think about net new clients, but guys dance with the ones that brung you, period. You've got to care for those that care about you already. You've got to be ruthlessly focused on their loyalty and reducing customer churn. I talked about not letting your crazy be the thing that you're prioritizing. And so I did a whole prioritization um, session in one of my last recession planning topics. Pull all of those lessons in here and apply appropriately because you should always be prioritizing your customers no matter where you're at in the market, no matter where you're at in your growth because it's hard to scale a business if you cannot keep what you already worked so hard for. So in regards to loyalty, Go back through the list that we just talked about. You should be aligning with your customers regarding their change in value proposition, affordability, prioritization, risk and shift in and possibly shifting your core offering to align with those. You should be thinking about your customers buying triggers. Maybe you can go deeper and wider with customers because of what's happening in the market. You should be thinking about your operations around your customers. And is there alignment between sales and marketing and operations for your existing customer base? Um, And then the final thing is, is when you're thinking about your customers, there's a really great article. Um, hopefully, I will remember to link it in the comments below by H, um, Harvard Business Review. But they talk about people viewing what they spend on in the in a unique light. Like we get, like we have specific categories when there is recession in place. And so, thinking through, will customers see your product or your, your service as an essential? Will they see it as a treat? Will they see it as a postponable, something that they still want, but it ain't happening today? Or do they see it as an expendable? You better know where, because you will be able to predict what's gonna happen, but then you will be able to lean into alignment either to optimize that or prevent what you're seeing when you start thinking through some of these ideas. Okay, so that was category one, alignment with the market. Category two, alignment with your team. Now, I already kind of teased this one, but guys, this conversation should be happening through your entire organization because guess what? Your people are smart. They are uniquely unique, just like you. And they're going to bring some very interesting approaches and very interesting outcomes if they're given the opportunity to think from a servant leadership standpoint, which that's really what this is about. Customer centricity It's not about you. I know that's shocking, but it's not, right? And so you have to walk the walk. It's not just about what you say, whether or not you are a customer-centric person or a customer-centric organization. So when we're talking about opening the door to these alignment conversations with your team, customer-centricity, what is it really about? It's about all those things that I just listed in regards to loyalty. But then you know what? pull it across the operations team, identify places of possible friction for your customers. How can you delight them? How can you be the best part of their day, their week, their business, their life? Because you can just by being human and thinking about what do they value and put this into your customer experience journey. Put this into the activities and the engagements, both human as well as automated, What are the ways that you can just make them happy and just make their life easier? Because that is a worthy, worthy journey to go on. It's a worthy activity and a strategic advantage. And also it's an incredibly prosperous one when you get this right. Just keep going. Then in addition, when you're talking about alignment with your team, um, applying that throughout all of your teams and also potentially even thinking about, their buying triggers, their likelihood to churn, their employer value proposition and employee value proposition and how they are feeling about the changes in the market and its impact on them. Don't churn your own team, right? So, think about how can we care for our team and how can we create a, an employee experience that is appropriate and where we're shifting the alignment if need be, because of what's happening outside of the work walls. Um, We also want to help your team stay away, and your customers stay away from their own panic. So again, if you wanna watch that fun, well, I think it was fun, but anyways, if you wanna figure out how to not prioritize your own crazy, go back and watch the other one. But people's knee jerk reaction, is emotional. And so a lot of times they don't sit down and they have a, they don't sit down and think, is this the really the right next thing to do? And they will make decisions based on fear, which are rarely the right ones. Bold, prosperous thinking never comes from a position of fear. It can come from a position of discomfort, but fear, not, not an origin of bold, exciting prosperity. That's not how the world works, right? So helping people to be aware of what's happening, to be aware of their choices, to be aware of their power inside of their choices. This is really, really important, especially when it comes to the fact that they are making choices in running activities that impact your customer base and impact everything that we've been talking about. So help people give them the tools to become self-aware and to actually even become Stronger throughout this type of thing because the change that can be created because of pain can be long lasting and critically important to people's potential and their growth. So don't deny them that opportunity. Um, So that's with your team. And then the other one is helping people. And one of the tools that I want you to help them do is helping people and giving them permission to reprioritize their tactics. So this is a little bit what I was talking about, about the fact that they have power inside of their decisions or they should. So helping them to identify what are low yield tactics, low yield activities that don't bring value to them, that don't bring value to your customers, that don't bring value to teammates, help them cut that. Also cut low yield messaging, right? If you're saying something and it's no longer resonating with the market or with your team, it needs to go because it's no longer bringing value. Um, optimizing existing fruitful efforts. A lot of times from a manager perspective, we are all looking for the next big thing, the next razzle dazzle that's going to solve all our problems. But typically what's going right Even if it's only in small little areas, is actually the best clue and the best indicator of what's going to really work on a scaled. Version. So look at maximizing your existing efforts and just pay attention to what's right. Pay attention to what creates a smile, pay attention to what people respond to from a value point of view, and that's internal and external, and help them optimize their current fruitful efforts and focus on strengths and making those strengths bigger and more clear. And then finally, make sure that across the board, everyone, and I know I've already said this, but I just want to reiterate it again redesign and validate what you believe about your customers, what you believe they need from you, where they are thinking about, where do they get their resources? Where do they get their solutions? Where do they get their information? And how does that change the prioritization in their life? And does it even change some of their behaviors? Always go where your buyers go. So that was number two. So that was alignment with your team. And the final one was alignment with your values. You guys, your values, especially from an organizational perspective, but really not only that your values in general, in your entire life, they should be decision-making criteria. They should be decision-making criteria when you are thinking about what to cut or what to add, what to prioritize, who to partner with, who to serve, where to place your time, attention, and money, it should align with your values because it's not sustainable. If it's not, you will create dissonance and friction inside of your own head and and heart and you will act out that dissonance and it will cause sabotage, for you. So I know I'm speaking a little bit conceptually, but this is true. You simply cannot act in a way that disagrees with who you are and how you are made. It is not sustainable. So um I will post a link if you guys are interested. Take some time to think about what your values are and the link that i'm going to post is literally just a long list of values and just circle the ones that really resonate with you and do some thinking about why what do you stand for and what do you stand against just as a natural human being not inside of your role but inside of your real identity what are some of those neurons communicating to you and how does that how does that express itself and its core values and the things that you hold consistency in, right? What are the places? Where are the places that people can just trust you and trust you because you stand behind certain principles? Get clarity on what those principles are individually from a family perspective, as well as from an organizational perspective, and then hold them up as decision-making criteria with which to bounce ideas off of and to sharpen your edges during times of change, because The best way to be trustworthy is to be clear about what you are trusted with and where you are trusted so that you can go do that more, do it integrity, and open up a whole new world of significance for yourself, even if things aren't easy, because that really is the key. You are amazing. You are capable. You are doing something important. Do not believe the lie that your work is not important. Do not believe the lie that you are average and do not believe the lie that you cannot do hard things and go through hard times because you can, and it can make you the next best version of yourself. So you guys, I love you. Thank you so much for joining in. I hope this helps. If you guys haven't, there is a subscribe on the Marketing Blender. You can subscribe to our newsletter where you will get transcriptions of these and some of our other podcasts and other tools. We are constantly launching tools to help you DIY your own success and prosperity, both from an individual standpoint, as well as an organizational standpoint, and it wouldn't kill you to subscribe. So follow me on LinkedIn, but more importantly, hit us up on YouTube or uh, Spotify or any of your other favorite podcast platforms and just click subscribe um, and pay it forward. And thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for doing that. George, it's amazing to see you and I could not agree more. Um, Values in action are such a great start. If you ever wanna differentiate, don't talk about how you're better and what you care about, just act in that way. So I absolutely agree with you, George. And then Steve, amazing to see you there is a proper time for recording process to ensure you're a good fit and telling the truth about that. And you even named it professionally, ethically, spiritually, critically important because these are not sustainable relationships. If you're not in awareness as well as integrity around that alignment. So high five to that. I love that. And so guys, thank you so much. Post your questions, post your awesomeness, share, and, um, Onward and upward. Bye.